Welcome to this 17th episode of the I Ching with Clarity podcast. Today's another episode with just me, so I've trawled through my reading journal and found a couple to share from six or seven years ago. They're about my volunteering journey, which began back before I started Clarity, when I volunteered for many years at the Willows Day Centre for the Elderly, which was lovely, a complete joy. The members gave me so much support and love and strength. Then that was merged into the Elms Day Centre, which was a big professional organisation, not quite so lovely. And after a while, I quit that and signed up to help at a local club that helps some disabled adults. These readings come, I'm not sure, maybe a couple of years into that. Previously, I'd always volunteered all year round, but this club takes summer holidays off. And, as I wrote in my journal at the time, I enjoyed the time off. I did not feel lost. Life was not monotonous. I didn't miss it. This afternoon, club resumes, and I'm not happy to be going back. This probably needs a bit more background. This club was doing genuinely good work, really helping people. I just wasn't adapting well to how it was run. The leader was one of those amazing volunteers who make the world go round, and she did everything for the club. All the admin, all the weekly chores, everything. Well, everything except delegate. She didn't do that. And so her relationship with the other volunteers was something like boss to employees. And everything worked smoothly. Or at least it had worked smoothly until this bright new volunteer showed up who was used to more of a collaboration of equals and probably isn't actually employable. Don't misunderstand me, I generally fitted in okay, everything worked, but the leader had actually taken me aside one week to tell me off and say it felt like I was trying to take over, which I absolutely was not, not a chance. All my life, I'd been completely happy to be a supporter, not a leader. But I obviously wasn't doing a great job of communicating this to her. So anyway, that personal dynamic felt like the reason why I wasn't looking forward to going back. And I thought I'd explain it now, as it's relevant to both the readings I want to share with you. Back to my journal. I wrote, Is it still right to volunteer? Yes, I'm helping but not more than anyone else could, not irreplaceable. Yes, it's something different from sitting at the computer all day, but so's a day off and a long bike ride, and so's playing the cello. I'm certainly not at a loss for things to do with the time instead. People of working age don't volunteer. I've never encountered one volunteer between student and retiree. Perhaps they have good reason for that. So that shows you how I was thinking. Actually, I think that's the sound of me finding rational justifications for my emotional impulse to leave. Then I started trying to find a question for the Yi Jing. From the journal again. So, could it be time to quit club and not replace it? Well, not at once. Need to separate out not volunteering from not doing club. Simple, one at a time. Quit there, see if I get the itch to replace it eventually. I might not. Could ask what to do. Could ask what about quitting. Quitting is top of mind. Ask that. You can see how I chose the question there. First see what the options are. 
break it down so I'm not accidentally asking two different questions at once, and then ask directly about what's really on my mind. So I asked, what about leaving the club? And I received hexagram 32, lasting, changing at line 3 to hexagram 40, release. As you probably know by now, one of the first things I like to do with a reading with changing lines is to look at the relationship of the two hexagrams. How do they work together? Do they work together? Here's the oracle text of these two. Lasting, creating success, not a mistake. Constancy bears fruit. Fruitful to have a direction to go. Release. The southwest is fruitful. With no place to go, to turn round and come back is good fortune. With a direction to go, daybreak, good fortune. So I looked at release and wrote, 40 is certainly what I would want and the spirit from which I'm reasoning about this. Volunteering here doesn't do anything or go anywhere. There seems no reason to continue. Hexagram 40 can have a utilitarian bent. It's not loyal, not dutiful, maybe not especially principled either. It just asks, is this going anywhere? Which, of course, in a lot of situations, is exactly what you need to ask, to get free from all the naughty shoulds and musts and have-tos, and regain your awareness of having a free choice. I suppose after many years of just going and volunteering once a week, because that was what I did, I was getting the sense of choice back. It does not mesh well with a time of lasting, though, does it? And release might be what it was about for me, but lasting was the primary hexagram, what it was objectively about. The image of lasting says, Thunder and wind, lasting. A noble one stands firm and does not change his bearings. That's exactly not what hexagram 40 does. Anyway, I'd asked what about leaving, and the moving line answered my question absolutely directly. Not lasting in your character may be accepting a shameful gift. Constancy, shame. I got the message. Quoting my journal again? That's not a nice line. Better stay on. Bother. Quitting looks like a failure of loyalty. It's all very well saying someone else could do what I do, for now I'm the one doing it. Thinking about it more now, the shameful gift of leaving would have been time and energy, the extra afternoon it would have given back to me. Not lasting in your character. That's not lasting day, which is personal character, a moral quality, and also personal strength. If you asked me what's my greatest strength, I'd probably say loyalty. And obviously this was not that. Constancy, shame, said ye. This is not a way to live. So, yeah, ouch. That was a comprehensive wet herring to the face, yijing slapdown. It's actually quite an unusual one. There are plenty of lines that say this is a bad idea for some reason. This won't end well. This is a stupid strategy. You don't know what you're doing. But this one said I was morally wrong. 
Oof. So I wasn't going to quit after all, but I did feel the need for more insight from you before club restarted. I wondered a bit about what to ask next, but since I did feel I wasn't really doing anything very useful, I settled on, what do I do when I'm there? And ye answered this one with hexagram 61, inner truth, changing at lines 4 and 6 to 58, opening. From the journal again, putting those two hexagrams together. I take my truth out there and communicate it. Or I experience something like a vivid crash course in communication. I wrote that because I found that hexagram 61 has a unique habit as primary hexagram, of acting almost like a magnifying glass for the relating hexagram. 61's 58 would be like the inner truth of opening, the most true and vivid experience of opening I could possibly have. And that was very interesting, because the club had a lot of members with speech problems. In particular, almost every week, I would be helping a brilliant man who could barely speak at all, though, funnily enough, he never seemed to have any trouble communicating. Inner Truth says, Inner Truth, piglets and fishes, good fortune, fruitful to cross the great river, constancy bears fruit. Trust and truth, rapport and blessing. The piglets and fishes are small, simple, nourishing blessings, the kind of offerings that ordinary people can make. Part of the idea is that you're provided for in a simple way, and part of it is that you can offer something quite simple. Pigs and fishes, nothing huge or splendid or world-changing required. Just that, offered with sincerity, and then it's fruitful to cross the river, commit yourself, and constancy will bear fruit. The image caught my attention too. Above the lake is the wind, inner truth. A noble one deliberates over legal proceedings and delays executions. Maybe I was trying to get this lake to set into shape so I could evaluate it and make a decision. But lakes, especially lakes that are constantly moved by the wind, don't do that. Whatever I was doing there, it was an ongoing thing, from one week to the next. Not something to end abruptly and not something to judge too fast either. Then the two moving lines, the heart of the reading. Line four. The moon almost full. A horse's mate runs away. No mistake. And line six. Cockcrow rises to heaven. Constancy pitfall. You know I mentioned how the club leader felt I was trying to take over? I think she would have had no problem recognising me in line six crowing much too loudly and overreaching myself. Enough said. But what was going on with line four, the moon almost full and the disappearing horse? The shape of the hexagram gives a big clue to this line. Two yang lines, then two yin lines, then two yang lines. So lines three and four at the centre are a matching pair of yin lines, like this pair of horses. Only, of course, lines three and four aren't really joined in a hexagram. Line three is the uppermost line of the lower trigram. Line four is the bottom line of the upper trigram. In the trigram picture of hexagram 61, line three is the surface of the lake, 
and line four is the wind where it touches the water. So it meets the water, stirs it up, moves it, but it doesn't stick to it. It moves freely onward and upward, like that horse running free. Also, this line points you to hexagram 10, trailing. That is, if I'd had just line 4 changing, then the relating hexagram would have been treading. That's treading the tail of the tiger. I think that also expresses a kind of upward aspiration. You follow the tiger when you're going after something more energetic and powerful and alive. So that all makes sense in terms of the inner logic of the hexagrams, but what was the connection with my question about what I was doing at the club? Like I said, following and supporting was what I did. It was pretty much who I was, always had been. So what was this image about the horses separating? And come to that, how come I had this frustrating feeling of wanting to fix things? A lot of the point of line six was to realise that I couldn't fix things. I could make noises, but they weren't doing anything. I wasn't in charge, and I didn't really have a say in how things worked. 61 line 6 changes on its own to hexagram 60, measuring. What Stephen Karcher called the line's step of change. So the underlying question is about finding measure. Finding something proportionate and reasonable that tastes okay to everyone. But actually, I think this is an example of the step of change being the attitude behind the line, something that gives rise to it. So for an ill-omened line like this one, that makes it more part of the problem. Hexagram 60 wants to create measure. It wants to find that reasonable agreement. It's a very sensible hexagram, and of course it proceeds in a truth in the sequence, so you could say it's a prerequisite for trust and confidence but it doesn't mix well with inner truth. Like 40, release, didn't mix well with lasting. You can't define something into existence. You can't change the inner truth with what you say, even if you crow at the top of your lungs from the very highest line of the hexagram. It all just blows away in the wind. Actually, I saw this line just recently, a couple of months ago. We were house hunting, and I'd asked what it would be like to live in a certain house. It turned out we couldn't afford that one anyway. We were outbid. So in that case, my question was like the cockerel crowing at heaven. Anyway, back to my volunteering readings and back down to line four for a moment. Here I was, talking with ye because I had this impulse to leave, and receiving a line about a paired horse running away. I might have thought this was encouraging me to leave, but I'd had 32 line three, so that was very plainly not the right idea. At the time of the reading, I pretty much had to let this go. I could see what the line was doing, but not really how it applied. I'd got the basic message from my readings, so I stayed on at the club as a volunteer, concentrating on that inner truth of opening and communication, bringing my piglet and fish each week, and making a real effort to crow rather less, and it all helped. The moon almost full. A horse's mate runs away, no mistake. Some years later, the club leader decided to retire, and I volunteered to take over. I found it was something I was ready and willing and actually eager to do. 
so much for being sure I was a natural-born follower. I took on the role, and within a few months, COVID-19 happened and we couldn't meet, and so I was able to take the club online, introduce everyone to Zoom, make little instructional videos to help them access it, devise things we could do online, and so on. My 20-odd years of experience with Clarity's online community definitely came in useful. The club kept going all through lockdown, and now we're back meeting in person again. I've changed the culture a bit, so it's become more collaborative, and the atmosphere is very warm and friendly. And there's an excellent volunteer who'll be taking over as leader when I move house. With hindsight, always, always the best teacher, it looks to me as if the moon almost full was talking about how I might be growing into a leadership role. Something I had absolutely no inkling of when I cast the reading, just as the horse's yoke was starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yi was years ahead of me, not for the first time. So that was my reading for this episode, a little slice of life with an oracle. Finding my question, getting slapped down by the answer, changing my plans, not quite grasping the whole answer but managing to follow along anyway, and hopefully getting the point in the end. I hope it was enjoyable to listen to. And come to think of it, this is also a story of how Yi changed my life. As left to my own devices, I think I would have quit the club back in 2015. We must all have journals full of stories of how the Yi changed our lives through moments like this. Nothing epoch-making, just personal turning points. If you're at one of those turning points, and you'd be happy to share it with other listeners, please do sign up for a free eaching chat with me, so we can feature your reading on a future episode. You can book your chat at onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash share. That's O-N-L-I-N-E-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot C-O dot U-K forward slash S-H-A-R-E. Thank you again for listening and have a great month.